Miss Five Six Seven Eight Dances Report Podcast. Bad when I brag about the cash I got, but I'm used to not having a lot. I'm from the gutter and the money turned into a monster. The money turned into noodles and pasta. The money turned into tuna and a lobster. They wanna do me, I'm a noodle like a monster. I put my jewelry on his feet. What up? What up, y'all? This is Miss Five Six Seven Eight, and you are tuning into the. Dancers Report podcast, and I have the incredible, the amazing David Shallow. Y'all call him Shallow. You better know him as King Shallow. If you don't know, um, this is why we're doing this podcast, so y'all can get familiar. Um, hey, what's up, girl? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm I'm grateful, I'm blessed, and um, I'm thankful that you're taking the time out to finally talk with me about, you know, you, the life of Shallow and um, your endeavors and, you know, your past, present and your um, future. And I'm and I'm grateful, you know, so I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man, it's been a long time coming. So for those of y'all who don't know, like I've been we've been messaging back and forth for like maybe two months now. Or maybe even yeah, longer. <laughs> I'm like, so is today a good day? Okay, not this day. I'm busy. Oh, you're busy. So now we <laughs> finally get the opportunity to, you know, sit down and sort of talk and um and just you know enjoy enjoy the conversation. Enjoy um this this is a, a person that is a legend and icon, you know, in my eyes in Massachusetts and beyond. Um, his contribution to dance is is like you know there's no other. Um, I can't really, it's indescribable what his contribution is to dance. And those of you dancers that are coming up, it's, um, it, it would be in your best interest to listen, pull up a chair and sit down and listen to this man. Um, cause he has a lot of great things that you need to know. So without further ado, I got David Shallow on the, on the podcast. And, um, before I get started, I do a daily mood check-in and, um, that is consisting of. One thing that made you happy today and one thing that made you mad, sad, bothered, or indifferent. And the reason why I do this check-in is to sort of check in with you and um, check in your mood and self-check myself. Um, and just, you know, it's a for mental wellness. You know, I think a lot of us don't get caught up with each other uh, enough to talk about what's going on in, in, in their very present moment. You know, so uh, that's what the, one of the reasons why I do it. So are you ready? Yes. <laughs> so I'll kick it off so you can kind of get the flow. Um, one thing that made me happy today was, um, oh, let me think. Because, you know, sometimes ain't nothing happy, okay? Um, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> what made me happy today? Um, other than waking up. But it's um, trying to think. Uh, wow. I can't say that anything made me happy today. I don't think anything made me uh, mad, but I did um, have a sad moment. Um, shout out to uh, the whole Barboza family. Um, we lost a good one, Amari Barboza of Cambridge. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so. I know the Barbosas too. Yeah. Um, yes, rest in peace. Yeah, he, he passed away last week, and um, I'm going to miss him. I, he was on my list to reconnect and to sort of pour into and just catch up with and just musically pick his brain because he was a he's a musician that was so dope, a lyricist that was so dope. Um, he wasn't a dancer, but he you know he could move, but 
he was definitely a, um an artist that you know had the ability to really record very quickly anything that came up to his dome like anything that came on his brain <clears throat> he had the ability to record it without even writing it down and um i just admired his his artistry from when we were young and uh i just I, you know i think it caught up with me um i go i'm going in and out of uh realizing that we have to bury him or we have to say goodbye and um <clears throat> that's a little challenging for me so i think that's what made me sad i didn't have anything that made me mad today or indifferent um but yeah i mean i don't think i had a happy moment so not and that's not a bad thing it's just that i didn't i can't think of anything that made me com completely happy today where i um i remembered it i mean i, I have joy so what was one thing that made you happy today, Shao? And one thing that made you um, feel mad, sad, bothered, or indifferent, if anything? Well, happy I saw our old friend of mine today, Randy Sneed, and we got caught up today, you know, kicking a lot of old memories and stuff like that. I surprised him today. I was walking through Central Square, and hey. I popped in on him. So it was good getting caught up with him, and, um, you know, he started hit me with some history and stuff like that. And he was telling me that... Um, you know, you need to write a book. You do. Or or, or um, work on doing a movie about your life. That's right. And I said, yeah. And I said, well, you know, maybe that's something. And then he started hitting me with all the points why and why I should. And so he really had me start thinking about it, you know. So that, you know, like I said, it was a really good conversation. So it was nice. Well, I think this is another reason why I need you on this podcast. Because we cannot, as our dance community in Boston... And our just the music culture itself, the history itself, we cannot <clears throat> just allow, allow it to sort of keep time to, to allow uh, allow time to keep traveling without right. telling our stories because pretty soon a lot of the things that we used to do is is becoming so obsolete that these younger people have no idea about history at all. Like you know what I mean? Unless they're being. Uh, curious or they're being encouraged to look up and find out and you know be you know res try to find the resources um yeah we don't i don't i don't see it i don't I, I just see that if we don't do it it won't get done i just feel that so i think you doing an a documentary a movie absolutely <laughs> you know i'd really like to see a movie on you know how dance went in the 80s to 90s to 2000. I really would love to see that. Well, it's funny you say that because, um, you know, when we first started dancing, I mean, we fought just to be able to play music on the street without wow. getting arrested. Wow. And, uh, you know, and in nightclubs, when we used to, when breaking and, and popping, and we used to have circles in the, in the clubs, they used to stop us because they didn't understand it. They they thought it was, we were like fighting and thought we were trying to be violent and they didn't really understand the culture. So they would break it up in the clubs at first. They were like, no, we don't want any fights in here, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and uh, I said, that's not what we're doing. We're, you know, we're enjoying, we're respecting each other's dance and we're, we're vibing. This is what we're doing, you know? And wow. so it took, a, it took a while at first for a lot of people to accept it. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like Boston is scary when it comes to clubs too. You know what I mean? They they they'd be scary as hell because you know, they they don't really um trust that uh a hip hop event 
or any if any any cultural event happens that it can be a peaceful thing because of the past or because of just fear you know yeah well a lot of people ruin that for a, a lot of other people too like and they mix up that hip hop and gangster rap and gangster music is completely different from that's what right. we grew up on you know that's right so that's why sometimes if if they don't understand it they just throw it in all together you know and call it hip hop like no it's not a, it's not a hip hop event it's i mean i i mean i i can't imagine them going yo it's going to be a gangster rap event like what <laughs> yeah exactly they won't know? say that and, you know what i mean and you, and you know when when kind of like when nwa came out they changed a lot of that you know oh hell they yeah. uh I mean, they changed the whole kind of music scene, you know what I mean, at that era. I mean, not that I don't appreciate NWA, I do, but I would not go and throw an event and promote it with them featuring, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people would l let it happen, you know? Yeah, well, you, that's another thing that's happening now where they, you know, I, the city is doing a bad job at cultivating our spaces for creatives um and uh they're not doing a good enough job at uh cur curating um a lot of the things that incorporate hip-hop you know what i mean and, well, they, and being well, expressive well they never really supported it anyways right. boston is really not known for an entertainment town That's and true. like as far as far as the odds go they don't support any of it you know very rarely do you see them really like getting behind any projects and 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 supporting and putting funds up and seeing any you know seeing the positivity in it you know well this is why you know i i think it's it's important to hear you say that too because you've seen it from a different spectrum and we're talking about current now if this is 2019 and that's still is still an issue then that's a that's a it's a bigger you know it's a bigger problem it's a bigger conversation and I can't be the only dancer complaining about space, which is why I'm so glad that shout out to Brian Green, Carl Aline, D-Rock and uh, Candy and Deborah Mason and Gerald and everybody who set up the whole hip hop exchange um, festival and panel. And they talked about that. They talked about us not having space and, and uh, cre enough creative things going on where we can be, um, you know, expressive and all of those things like that's a that's a huge problem. So, um, I think well, that us talking about it now, I mean, sparking up the conversation, in addition to that, is a is a bigger conversation that will continue to happen because I mean, we're, we're it's 2019 and we're getting into a point where now, like, all right, how much longer? I mean, you're putting up condos and you're putting up luxury this and luxury that. How much longer do we have to wait for our space? for creatives you know what i mean you have like if you go down by fenway right perfect example they have an outdoor like sort of setting and they got it down a seaport too where you can do um what is it not four square but when you can throw the the bean bags in the hole yes you know they got that type of game they got you know all these different outdoor like um yard games like like fun games to play and that's that's a cultivated creative space why can't there be a cultivated creative space that has something you know similar once a week for us to do jams outside and for you to invite dance and different genres of dance why can't that happen around the clock 
I mean, I'm sure in the wintertime ain't nobody doing no yard game outside because we'll have snow. But, you know, that's the perfect example. That's free for everyone to do is have that space over there. But um, in mind, why weren't they thinking of a creative space? You know what I mean? Well, the way we used to do it back in the day is we always had block parties and yep. in, in parks. We would have festivals and stuff like that. And they even they even took that stuff away. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, on like the, for example, on Lansdowne Street near Fenway, you know, all that whole strip was always all nightclubs and they did away with half of it. I mean, it's 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 hard to really find a, a good top 40 club around uh, Massachusetts now, you know. They're turning like all of like uh, Lansdowne Street into like Broadway for plays and stuff like that. Right. You know. Well, they wait. They did that before, or they did that now. They're starting to do it now. That's why Avalon turned into House of Blues, and you don't have Nine Lansdowne no more. Nope. Um, um, Axis is gone. That, what's the pool place there? Um, Jillian's. Yeah, that used to be a roller skating ring. Wow. On you, Friday night. So you know that's Lucky the, Strike now. Yeah, so it, it it went from spin-off roller skating ring on Fridays, Dance Factory on Saturdays for under-21 kids. I remember Dance and Factory. That, yeah, and now it's a pool hall. <laughs> well, so. and, 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 and it's not even, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not even Jillian's anymore. It's called Lucky Strike. So what's it, like a bowling alley or something now? Yep, bowling alley, pool. Um, darts, if I think I think some darts in there. Might be some arcade in there. Bowling. Uh, what did I say? We already said that. Bowling, bowling pool, and di- just all all billiards type of things. Like you know, right. bars and TVs in there for you to watch sports and whatever. Like right. I, I I I dig that. That's cool and everything. But um, what about some of these kids that haven't discovered or need to be discovered? Um, or even old enough. Old en- right. To be, you know, be around something creative and positive so that they're not out here shooting each other. Like, you know, what about that? You know, intervention. Like, I, man, I could go on for days, but I'm, I really want people to hear about you and like, you know, so who is David Shallow? Who's, who's Shallow? All right. Well, I grew I started dancing in 78. Uh, and um, I grew up in a uh, Cambridge Port area in Cambridge, Mass. Hey. And um, I started out as a solo dancer. I went to uh, high school with uh, Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon. And wow. um, but I didn't know. I knew Matt. I went to camp with Matt Damon. That's actually how I got started in dancing. We went to Camp Massapog Camp back in the day, which is the YMC camp in Cambridge. Wow. And and um, you know. I ended up, um, the first group that I ever seen dance around that got me inspired was the Robonauts from Cambridge. And um, wow. that was the first crew uh, from from my town that used to uh, pop. And um, then Are there any of them around? Started, actually, uh, now that you said that, uh, one of them lives right across the hall from me. His mother lives there, and Michael Coleman. And uh, I actually talked to him. Uh, the other day and I told them I wanted to interview him because he was, and I actually just got the picture of the Robonauts given to me, the guy that started the group and I still have it. It's like a nine by 12 now. Wow. It has them all in white, white mind face and puppet strings and, um, and, um, the, uh, what is those? The Marine hats there, the berets. Yeah. 
That's crazy. And, um, I'll have to send you that picture. I'll take a picture of it and I'll send it to you. Yeah, because I would love to post that and like and and get involved and like talk to him uh, at least. You know, I already I I already kind of put a bug in his ear. Yay! You know, and um, so he said he was he said just let him know and he said he'd be all for it. I'm down. Yeah, that's dope. So wait, so you so like what, how old were you though? It was them first, and then it was Soul Train. I used to watch the Soul Train line and. You know, pick up on a lot of dances that, you know, because back then we didn't have YouTube. So that's right. We would anytime any type of dancing was on TV, you know, we were we went by memory. You know, what I mean, that's we would right. see, you know, we'd only have a few minutes to really catch what they were doing. And then we had to go by a brain of thought, you know, what I mean, and try and, and duplicate what they were doing and then add our own piece to it. You know, unless you had a VCR. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he, and even then it was hard, you know. That's expensive and, you know. shit. <laughs> yeah, you break it back then, you're in trouble. <laughs> what? Oh my God, you have no idea. What? You know, you know the other way we used to. Uh, you know, it's funny how you were talking about we don't have venues for the arts anymore, mm -hmm. but we never had them back there, anyways. I mean, the way we used to, we were on the concrete at a park if we were at, uh, you know. Any little spot that we could bring a boon box as we practice, you know, and, um, you know, and then you practice it in a mirror at home. You That's know? right. But, yep. but the other way we used to practice is at nighttime, we used to practice under the uh, streetlight and we used to watch our shadows on the ground. And we used to check out our movement from that. That was like our little spotlight. You know, we'd stand under it and we, you know, that's how we used to practice under the streetlight. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can hear you. You can hear me? I can hear you now, yes. Yo, do you think that... that remember that song, Street Line? Da, yes. Da, 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 da. Is, that, is that because of the dancers? It was because of street dancing, yes. Okay. Because I was like... I was going to ask that question, but... And y'all, young bucks, y'all don't even know what that song is. Yeah, that was that was basically, uh, you know, basically talking about street dance and uh, you know the nightlife of street dance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That song is well, it's been sampled like twice, or well, probably longer than that, but more than that, I mean. Um. So wait, so you're from you're actually Cambridge, like a Cambridge head. Born and raised in the port. So you probably know my, you might know my pops. Who is that? His name was Al Walters. Al Walters. He went to Ringe in Latin, and he used to sing. Yeah, I went, to, I went to Ringe too. I probably know him by face, but the name does sound familiar. You probably know my mother. If you're, you're how you said you, we saying ages on here or no? Yeah, we could say my age. I'm uh, 51. So she's 56. She might be 56. So she's a little older than me. Yeah, but she, you wouldn't miss her. She was pretty. <laughs> she's pretty now, too. Okay, shout out to my mother. Um, there you go. Dawn, uh, let's say, she, she was Dawn Abbott back then. She was from Antigua. Oh, okay. So if you, do you know Candy, short lady named Candy? Candy sounds familiar. Well, Candy and her, she had a sister... Um, her name I forgot her name. No, Elaine. 
Candy passed away. Elaine is 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 her sister, and Elaine oh, is okay. real real short, and she works in the city clerk, the city that the Cambridge. You know what what's that? Um, the city, city hall. hall. Yeah, she works in there. She's really really little. Oh okay. Real light skin with pretty pretty eyes, like blue eyes. It sounds really familiar. Yeah, if you see her, you would know her if you because you probably went to the same school. Oh, um, I did go to Ringin Latin. Yeah, we all did. Most oh. of, most of my friends that we grew up in in the area where I lived, we all went to school together. So. Did you ever hear and, about um, a girl named Sissy, that got that passed away? No, I don't know about Sissy. Her name was Lenora Roll, and she passed away. That's shout out Lenora to Roll. Yeah. I know Roll. I know uh, Roll. I don't know if Roland's last name is Roll. I think it is. There's it might a, be a family member of this. I know. Where did well, they grow up? They we they were we were from Cambridge. That's my aunt. Lenora Rowe. Oh, okay. And then um, she, she passed away in New York. She got she was murdered. And um, oh wow. That, yeah. So Kate, you know KT, Tony Mosley. Yes, Tony Mosley is a good friend of mine. Yeah. So she went to she was in his grade. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, when I was with Flula's, Tony was uh he was a uh, MC. Yeah. His. And um, I mean, we did the same commercial together for Coquettes and uh, Manhattan. I remember that. Yeah, it was was Floor Lords and him. Yeah, we all did that together. He's dancing and he's rapping. Well, y'all were rapping. Y'all were dancing and he's rapping and and stuff. Oh, my God. Shout out to KT, man. Yeah, his his crew was Top Choice Click. Yeah. And then they went from that to Concrete Click. Yes. Yep. Oh my God, that's yeah, crazy! So we you go knew, way back now. So you know KC that used to be the DJ. Oh yeah, I know all those guys. Yeah, yeah. I used to be stomping around in them in them yards there. I used to be <laughs> right riding my bike from Medford going to Cambridge. The good old days. Yeah. So, so what? What could you? What is your cultural uh, background in your dance background? Like your bio. Well, I'm, I'm Irish, so. My Irish nationality is Irish, but my dance bio is well. I I, I do many styles. I do popping. I do breaking. I do some house. I do locking. Um, so those are like the um, and hip hop, obviously. Right. You know what I mean. So those are like the styles that I've done over the years. And who would you say was like your biggest influence? Like you know, in terms of, you know dancers they they were before you um or or music or what like what what influenced you the most to dance um well obviously um well one of my my uh idols was uh papa taco which is uh bruno falcone he's wow. the guy that uh, actually taught michael jackson wow and um you know he taught michael the moonwalk he taught you know taught him how to is that, that t- he's a tall skinny guy he is, uh, he's actually Mexican, and he used to be in the uh, Electric Boogaloos, too. Wow. And uh, he was, you know the movie Breaking? Yep. You know the Spanish guy that was with the beret in the movie Breaking? Mm-hmm. That's Poppin' Taco. And the, his partner, the black guy, was mm-hmm. Poppin' Pete, who's Boogaloo Sam's brother, who created the uh, Boogaloo style in Poppin'. So, so wasn't he at recently at HHI? HHI. What is HHI? Hip Hop International. Um, I don't know. He might have been. He's from. Pete is from LA, and Taco is from. Um, I think he's from um, Long Beach. I think. Okay. I'm not sure, but Sam Boogaloo Sam is from Fresno. 
Wow. You, know, you guys look these people up, and like I said, you'll know, you'll know how good they are. Like With- I said, Pop, Pop and Taco, you look him up on YouTube, or Pop and Pete, or Boogaloo Sam. They're with the Electric Boogaloos. And they were on Soul Train back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. They were the first people to put Poppin on the map yep. back in uh, on Soul Train. I remember so. watching that. And wait, are they? And they're all still alive, right? Yes, they because are. I feel like who is the guy? I'm trying to think. I'm gonna go and look on. Let me see right now, because um, he took a picture with the Beantown Lockers T-shirt. That's Don Campbell. Lock. Okay, so that's that's somebody different. Don is the guy that created uh, locking. Okay. And that's who, like, he basically influenced everybody from the West Coast and around the world in locking, pop locking, you know. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so Don, yeah, Don was also on Soul Train. Also, that's what I was about to ask group. you. Was he on Soul Train, too? Yeah. Wow. He, they, to- they toured with Tony Basil. Um, you know, hey, Mickey, we so fine. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was the only female in the group. Wow. And she used to. She used to be their manager, and she was uh, the wife of Mick Jagger back in the day. That 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 used to be my crush, boy. Mick Jagger. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> he, got, he got a sick waist. I don't know. Um, right. I know everybody who talks to me is like, your taste is crazy. I don't understand it. Whatever. When I was a kid, I used to be like, wow, he can really move. Um, so it shows you versatile. Exactly. Um, so wait, so. Poppin' Taco, Poppin' Pete, and, and would, Boogaloo, Sam. Boogaloo Sam. Those are your biggest influence. Um, yeah, Poppin' Taco mainly is the guy that I, I, I used to study um, my style, like style of waving and, and popping and animation and tutting. He was, uh, he was incredible. And um, uh, yeah, so that's, and that's how I created my style. What they, you know, they call it like, uh, inch, some people call it inch waves, microwaves. Stuff like that, mm. and um, so that's how I developed my style of doing that. You know? Like, how did you? Did, did any of your family members dance? Uh, no. And they would be <laughs> like, well, "He's over there messing around with that that damn dance." Well, my dad used to be like, "I don't care if you dance. I just want you to be able to. I want you to work. You know what I mean?" He was <laughs> like, "I want you to have. I want you to have something to fall back on." Right, but I, th- but I think as the years went by and you see me bringing home like scooters and stereo systems and all the stuff, <laughs> you were winning all, all that the- stuff. Exactly, yeah. When we were, you know, when we were uh, floor lords and something different, something different dances. I mean, we won so many. Uh, you know, we used to go in lip syncs. We used to go in dance contests, and you know, we'd won. We won thousand dollars scooters. We won thousand dollars in cash. We won. You know, uh, two thousand dollar stereo system when CD players first came out. Wow. My dad bought both of them. He bought both of them. I gave one to his best friend, and then uh, he kept one for himself. And wow. um, and we bought we bought jackets. We bought uh, uh, group jackets out of it. All. Uh, do you have um, any? Do you still have it? I don't, but I have pictures of them. Wow. You know what I mean, I do have pictures of them. And uh, I so. would I want to see what you look like when you was like, you know, back you was over there, uh, young bucketed. I want to see that. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I got a picture of that too. I won my first uh, con- high school contest, breaking contest, and uh, I had the Justin Bieber before Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like 120 pounds, 31 waist. I was real bony. Mm, you my know, goodness. So. What did your? But, did, uh, do you have any other siblings? 
I, I, well, that's funny you said that. I never usually talk about that, but I do have a daughter. Um, she's 22 years old now. Hey, shout out to she's ba- in, baby Shallow. Yeah, <laughs> she's in. Uh, she's in school getting her um, her BA, finishing up her BA. That's amazing. That's awesome. What about? Um, did you have any brothers or sisters too, or no? I I was the youngest of uh, six. Wow. I had uh, three sisters, two brothers. And what did they think when you were like bringing home all this stuff? Like, cool. They well, um, like I said, I really when I first started dancing, I didn't show anybody for over two years. Really? And uh, yeah, and then what happened was I went into contests after. Remember, I told you I went to camp, and yeah. uh, one of the guys that was in uh, that was down with the Robinots, Karim Saunders. He was the one of the guys that uh, taught me the basics, how to wave it through my arm and wave it through my body. And then he just told me to practice in a mirror, and that's what I did. He gave me my first pair of white gloves. And, um, you know, uh, we went in a talent contest up at camp, and he said, why don't we go in it? I said, what are we going to do? He says, well, dance. I said, well, I really don't. He goes, don't worry about it. I'll show you the basics, you know. And then uh, what we did was uh, we matched up, and we took broomsticks and painted them all black, and then we taped the ends white. And then, like, you know, top, like top canes, you know what I mean? And then we wore top hats in the contest. Wow. And, uh, you know, so we, we put a routine together and we ended up winning. And then, uh, you know, so he ended up leaving two weeks later. I was so upset because I learned so much from him, like, you know what I mean, what to do, how to practice and stuff like that. And I stayed up there all summer. So wow. then finally. So wait, was that so a, fi- like a camp that you stay the night at? Yes, you stayed overnight, yes. So uh, I stayed up there the whole summer. And then what happened was when I came back that year, I was a freshman in high school. So I came back and I showed my close friends what I could do. And mm-hmm. they had a they had a, uh, another talent show before you go to high school. It's called Upward Bound. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, so we went in it. Me and my two best friends were back home. And uh, so we went in the contest and... Uh, we ended up winning, like, you know, everybody that was going to Ringe and Latin that next year was in the audience. So when I went in the contest and we were all dancing, they were surprised to see me in there, you know what I mean? And um, so we got a standing ovation and they, they went nuts and we ended up winning. So then that freshman year, we went to high school and everybody was like, do something, do something. I want to see you dance. I heard about you, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I wouldn't show anybody for like two years after that because I kept training and training. And, you know, back then a lot of people test you and I didn't know how good I was. I really wasn't. You know, I didn't know. And uh, but I just kept training and building. And, and the funny thing is, is where I lived in the port, my stepmother, who was who I lived with, she was a hairdresser. So she had a hair salon in, uh, in my room, which was my bedroom. You know, and every Saturday, these old ladies would come in and get their hair done by her with the old, you know, the hair up in the air, the puffs and all that stuff. And I had a, <laughs> and, and I had like a, a, I had a fold out couch that I slept on. But you know, those big mirrors with the lights going around them and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so yeah. old school. Yeah. So she had that in my bedroom and then I had my stereo system next to that and I had my headphones. So, what you know, every night when I would come home, I would fold my bed up. I would turn the lights on in the mirror and I would put my headphones on and that would be my stage and I would just start practicing that way. Wow. Like you and like had a homemade a setup, like a um Exactly. A practice setup. That's that's really smart. 
And I used to pump my music up in my headphones and I would zone out and I would just train for hours, you know. Wow. And then my brother was like the Vinnie Barbarino, you know what I mean? <laughs> my step my stepbrother Jay was like, you know, he had like the Vinnie Barbarino cut. So he was always like brushing his hair in the mirror and hair spraying. <laughs> so when I was practicing, he'd be he'd get mad and tell me, get out of the mirror. I want to do my hair, you know what I mean? Oh, my God. And, um, and you know, so... I would have to stop till he was done spray painting, spraying his hair and brushing it back, and you know. So, he, and then when he would leave, I would go back to like doing what I was doing, practicing. You know. Wow, that's. I mean, I remember practicing with a brush in the mirror, singing with my hair all wild and crazy. Yeah, everyone, everyone, you know, when you wanted to be an entertainer, everybody found their way to like you know, sing in the shower mm-hmm. or you know, sing in the mirror or whatever, brushing your hair or you know. Uh, you know, so forth. What What's your What would you say your specialty is, or te- special specialty or technique? I think it would be popping, definitely. I like I said, I started in '78, and then I started dancing about um, like three years later and breaking. But isolations, waving, um, that's like my style. Like you know, for beat freaking my like and isolating my body to different different uh, songs and stuff like that. That's like my specialty. Now, what was your what has been your uh, any like any struggles? Have you what was the struggle like money, artists or gigs, crew, stage, going on tour, relationships, location? What what's been a struggle for you? Well, the main struggle always with a dancer is injuries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I've I think I've broken almost every bone or every pulled every muscle there is like over the years you know because like i said when you mentioned earlier about venues and mm-hmm. places to train and practice they were they were very little back then and we you know we had to train wherever we, we could train which started with the concrete right or it was get a cardboard box get a refrigerator box open it up bring your boom box and you would train you know what i mean and that, and, um, and that didn't hurt as bad as concrete for real yeah the, these kids got it real lucky now, boy. They got yeah, because they got studios, studios right? <laughs> Marley floor, mats. mats yeah, you know, you know. So you know, we, a lot of stuff we had to find out the hard way. <laughs> you mean, know what I mean? I remember my mother almost kicked my ass for this. Excuse my language. My mother was like, "What are you doing with the mattress?" I took the mattress outside so I could do. Um, try to do break dancing, uh, windmills and back handsprings and all types of stuff. She used to be pissed. And I'm like, uh, uh, I was just playing with it. She's like, take it back upstairs now. And then I would, <laughs> and then I would go and, uh, get on somebody else's cardboard and, you know, try to do some stuff. I, I mean, I never, I didn't know how to break dance at all, but I like would mimic what I saw because back but then. But you were, you were inspired. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I used to, um, you know, just mimic everything that I saw, everything. Even though, cause like back then we didn't, we we were we were stationed in Greenham Common Air Force Base in England, so there's no like studio to go train. Like you caught somebody maybe doing some breaking, and you you jammed out with them, unless that's how you dance. You know what I mean? And it wasn't right. until we got back to the states, um, and that to pre- preferably the Bronx, Brooklyn, and Boston. And we wouldn't even dance in Boston because we weren't we weren't allowed to, like, hang out nowhere. You know what I mean? 
Right. And um, in Brooklyn and the Bronx, we were more likely to see it because we were around it. It was everywhere, you know? It was created in the Bronx, so. Yeah, so we, my, and by that time, it was like, you know, you could turn every corner and it was something like that going on. So, um, Correct. what's your favorite part of the business? Because as much as we try not to say that it's not a business, it is a business. Um, and, or what is your favorite part? That's a two part question. So like, what is your favorite part of the business and what's your favorite part of what we do as a dancer? Um, well, my uh, my favorite thing was always performing, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we've been on stages with 50,000 people, Kiss Concert, Great Woods, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we did the Apollo Theater in New York, like, three times as special guests. Um, so, yeah, I would say performing first, but, um, you know, um, I always used to like vibing in the circles, too, you know what I mean, because... yeah. Uh, that's how you really, you know, you really see the culture, you know what I mean? Because, you know, in a performance, you have a set routine and stuff like that. And, and, then uh, once, and once the cool. routine is over, the routine is over. It's like, all right. Ex- exactly. And then it ends and you're still hyped up, right. you know what I mean? And it's like, that's why in a circle, uh, you know, you get to see other people's talents and you get to vibe with each other and share each other. And, uh, you know, so... I, I always liked that too, you know, seeing somebody new and seeing, you know, um, I used to like test testing people. I would go in the circle and if they were popping in the circle with me, I would go out and do a little bit and see like, you know, them go out and do something. Then I would do a little more and then I would see if they could, you know, do a little more. And then I would keep bringing it higher, 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 you know, to a real high level to see how far, how, you know, how, how much the person knows, you know what I mean? Yep. And um, it was something I used to love doing, you know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, it gave me an idea, like, how, how, how high a person's level was in dance and, and how um, how technical, you know? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think having you guys, well, having you particularly train with, uh, it's, it's, diff- it's harder to train among somebody with the same level as you than it is when you're in front of somebody who is more skilled. I think right. it's important for you to have a mentor in the room, not all the time, but yes, most majority of the time, especially when you're in the training mode. What do you think about, um, you know, when it comes to training, what would you advise uh, some of these newer dancers to do when they're getting started? Like a format, some sort of like checklist. Well, well we used to have, when we had Slaughterhouse, me and Megatron, um, shout out to him, by the way, also. Yeah. Um, we would uh, first, like, we would start off with basic foundation stuff. You know what I mean? Because there's so many different styles and pop and a foundation that you need to learn. Um, so, you know, you need to know these basics uh, just to grow. You know what I mean? And then what we would do is um, sometimes we would uh, play music and we would ask our, our students, how many different noises do you hear in that song? How many different sounds or instruments? And then uh, they said, oh, like uh, six. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Well, now we want you to get up and dance and hit all six of those noises. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then they would have to get up and hit all six of those different sounds in the song. Wow. And then we'd say, okay, um, 
now we want you to just do certain styles and break down those six instruments. So you could only wave during the song and you have to hit all the instruments or you either had a tut or a pop and just, uh, and you had a beat freak, all six of those sounds in every different style. And then what we would do is after they started doing that for a while, we would uh, have them go out and dance. We'd have one of them get up and we'd play a song. They'd have to stop hopping to it. And then we'd keep switching the songs. And you had to keep showing that you could dance to each song that we switched to. And you know what that builds up? You know what that builds, right? That builds up your freestyle. Exactly. 100%. And it shows you how to beat free. Because, you know, a lot of these kids were going into contests. So... We used to tell them all the time that, look, you're never going to get your, your the song that you want all the time. You That's know what I mean? True. That is so true. You, you got to learn to adjust. And um, so that's how we used to train them. We used to train them. You know, we would teach them every different style. We teach, teach them the basic foundation. Then we would teach them every style. And then we'd have you get up and um, we'd give them drills of what I was just talking about. What are some of the studios that you've been in that, you've uh you've been able to discover something new with yourself or any dancers like what's some of the studios you've been in well it's funny because um not really studios it was well yeah i guess so well studios Um, or spots that are like like you know for example it was more it was more venues like more jams than um than it was like studios okay like I, i remember the first time um we went to the MIT Jam in Cambridge, mm-hmm. and um, and there was a popping battle, and uh, that was the first time we ever saw Catalyst. Hey, shout out to Tunley! Hey, hey! Yeah, <laughs> yes, sir. The Catalyst represent. Um, and what happened was we went in there, and there was a circle, and Big Tall for Days was battling Catalyst. So I'm like, now we knew for Days was established, you know what I mean? Because we've been around for Days for a while. But I never seen Catalyst before until that day. So I'm standing there with Megatron and we're watching him battle and for days he's trying to like intimidate him and go after him and and Catalyst <laughs> and, and and Catalyst was holding his own. He was just you know, he was going right back at him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No fear, no nothing. So I said to Tron, I was like, Yo, Tron, I said, This dude's this dude's good, you know what I mean? He's he's talented. I said with a little training, I said he could be deadly you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um so he ended up um hooking we ended up introducing ourselves to him and and uh you know very humble guy you know because usually sometimes dancers have egos or whatever you oh, know you know and he, of course and uh he was very humble polite like well-spoken till this day um, he is exactly and um so he ended up coming to slaughterhouse and uh and uh, we started really training him and breaking down different techniques and stuff to him. And he was like a sponge. He just, uh, you know, a bunch of them were. The ones that really stuck around, they they really, um, they really, they learned well, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they went on to do their thing, you know. But he, he ended up becoming like he is now. He's a great dancer, you know, yep. and he's still very humble. And now he's mentoring. And, I mean, we worked on, like... I think we used to bounce songs back and forth at each other because we used to work on the video game together, Dance Central. That's how I met him. Right. But see, the world is so small because his brother married one of the dancers that I used to work with, with an uh, um, an artist I was um, doing choreography for. Mm -hmm. 
And that's how I met her. And then later on, I found out she's like married to his brother. That's funny. That's crazy, right? Yes. Uh, but it's like, you know, you, you know, I, I, I look at it in such a, you know, a, a moving way because um, just knowing Kunle and just his, his wisdom alone, just when he talks to you, he talks to you with care, you know? Right. And um and he what he has to say is so valuable when he says it. So you really have to be paying attention and be in the space of listening. And um Angela's yeah, well, I wouldn't say Ange she she's kind of the same way. Like she she's quiet, she listens, but she's an incredible dancer. Incredible dancer. Um so you know, it's it's I'm just grateful to to even have those two people in my path. Like just in different times, not even not even the same time frame, but just to know that later on, I'm like, yo, that's crazy that I used to work with her, and later on, I ended up working with Kunle, you know. So, right. and for those of you who don't know, Kunle is Catalyst. Catalyst is Kunle. He's one. He's a, he's a beast. And it's funny. It's funny because Megatron. Every dancer in the slaughterhouse, we gave nicknames for, like dancing names too. That's dope. And. Uh, like for instance, for instance, um, Jedi Nice. For a long time, I wouldn't call him Jedi Nice. I told them with that type of name, you got to earn that name. That's true. So I used to call. So I used to call him Jeffrey. <laughs> and he used to laugh about it for the longest time. And I'm sure if he hears this, he'll he'll be laughing right now. But for the longest time, I I used to tell him, I'm not calling you Jedi Nice until you. You earn that uh, that oh name. Oh my God! I know. If I... you're gonna if you're gonna be a Jedi, you gotta have some skills. You know what I mean? <laughs> so in the meantime, you're Jeffrey. <laughs> so now, mind you, he he definitely he definitely over the time proved me wrong. I mean, he went to he he ended up moving to New York after he was um, uh, at Tufts and. Uh, I ended up. I told him, don't just stick with training with us. I hooked him up with Jazzy J, mm -hmm. Disco Dave, and uh, and I hooked him up with Brian Green. Dope. And um, and uh, a Dessler is another person that he used to train with and stretch. These were all like the legends of the East Coast, you know. Wow. And um, which were like brothers to me, you know. And um, so he moved to New York and he started training with Jazzy. So what happened was Jed. Uh, ended up, um, he ended up winning Step Your Game up like three years in a row. Wow. Which is like a big honor, and it's like some of the top dancers around, you know what I mean? Right. So I remember after the, like, the, it was either the second or third time, I said, well, I guess I got to call you Jedi Nice now. And he <laughs> said, you know, and he had a big smile on his face. And like I said, that was Catalyst's partner at the time in Slaughterhouse. They went in competitions together and everything. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you know what's so, so funny? Was... I, when you said that, I guess I, I guess I gotta call you Jedi Nice now. But, well, now that's like when you give you, you, when Jay Z gave, you know, J Cole or anybody their their Rockefeller um, necklace on the stage. You know what I mean? Yep. You've been inducted for real, for real. <laughs> and uh, you know, I remember one time I was at an event. I was at Just a Boo, New York. And I'm sitting on the stage with Bruce, that guy that throws the event. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm there with all the OGs on the stage, and I'm sitting between them and stuff. I'm with Stretch, Bruce, you know, uh, Link, and all these guys. And and all the Slaughterhouse kids are going in the competition, you know? Mm. And uh, so 
every round, every time they won something, they would look over at me. You know what I mean? <laughs> they would, uh, every time they won a round and moved on, moved on. And then one of the kids, one of the kids yells out, he says to me, he says, damn, Shal, I don't know what you and Megatron feed these kids, but, um, he says, uh, these Boston kids are wrecking shop right now. You right. know what I mean? And, uh, I said, no, they put the training in, they deserve all the credit. You know what I mean? And, uh, but uh, it was just funny how he yelled it out loud like that. He's like, the slaughterhouse kids are putting in work. You know what I mean? And uh, I just started laughing. How long, and, did, uh, how long did Slaughterhouse, when did Slaughterhouse start and when did, when did you end? Well, that's a good question. It's, uh, I, I don't know the exact dates. It's been, well, we, we were together for like, we were at Deborah Mason's for like two or three years. And then we went to Funk for like another two or three years. You know yeah. what I mean? And, um. So I would say we we were we were doing it for like about six years, you know, and, and uh, you know we had a lot of young people come. Cause I like, remember, you know, I, I remember. So name off some of the 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 the, the folks that young achievers and uh, successful ones and all that great stuff. All the ones that came up out of there. Uh, well, it was let's see. First, it was like for days in three D. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was Heat Rock One, who's still doing his thing. Uh, Snap Boogie. Yep. Um, Catalyst, obviously. Jedi Nice. Um, a Boogie. Yep. Shout uh, out to Alex and his family. And congratulations yep. on that, that next move. Yes. And um, he is now just uh, went to a big audition. I'm just going to say it. I don't, yeah. I don't go ahead. Go ahead and say it. I, 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 shout out I to guess, him. Yeah, he just uh, went to a big audition for Jabberwockies. I think it was in Vegas, and yep. there was like 500 people. And uh, he made it. He made it on the. He's gonna be on the tour with Jabberwockies now. So, congrats to him about that. So, whenever you go to Vegas, you can look to see, and you'll see, you'll know. Uh, if you know him like we know him, you'll know. You'll know that that's a Alex. That's a Bugs. A. Better not make me pay neither. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, I'm always kidding. I'm just joking. I'm just being silly. But um, who else? Uh, you had, um, you had, you, like I said, you had, Little um, Java. Little Java's. He's with um, Beantown Lockers now. We're calling them now. Okay. And uh, so him, uh, Kay Brooksy was another. Uh, he was in the movie Grown Ups. Wow. Uh, so he was in that. Um, you had Alex too, little Alex. Yes. So the other and, Alex. Uh, that's my cousin. You know, Lady Beast. Yep. Uh, she's doing her thing. She's a uh, she's one. We got to get her on the podcast for sure. Yeah, she just actually uh, she just won the uh, Funk and Focus battle in uh, DC. Wow. So that that's on YouTube too. She just won that. So congrats to her about that. Hmm. Um, who else? There's uh oh there was um uh, uh the tapper there um Sha- Shaquan. Yes. Shaquan Reed. And his ho- and his whole and his whole crew, um, they all they are all doing their things too. Oh, um, Stax Stax is doing his thing. Yeah. Uh, Russell Russell Ferguson was a student of ours hey. also. Hey. Um, um, Alana Alana Logan. Alana's doing her thing. Uh, yep. Voltron, Voltron was another one. Wow. Um, there's there's a, there's a ton. Like I said, there's a whole there's about. There's like three or four waves of students that came through, and they're all doing their thing. Wait, now, what's, you know? the, what's the, the other one? Trevon, not Trevon, um, Kavon. No. Kavon, yeah. Yep. And oh. uh, and uh, so and it's funny, like like I said, we always na- made names for um, 
for all the dancers, dancing names. And Megatron gave Lady Beast her name because the first day, like we told you, the, when you come the first time, you have to battle a veteran of the house. Mm-hmm. So, so what happened was the day Lady Beast came to Slaughterhouse, she was there with two of her homegirls. They wouldn't dance, so, her, so they just her, had wait, to Wait, her off. friends wouldn't dance? Both two, she came with two other girls, and they would not dance. They were like, nope, I'm not doing they, that. They were, petri- <laughs> they were petrified. Well, hell, the, I would be petrified with you and Megatron standing over me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, be- they, they, they didn't have to worry about us. But Lady Beast had a battle. Onion, Onion's another one. She had a battle. Onion, Heat Rock, One, Catalyst, and Jedi all by herself. Oh, my God. That's so why that's they didn't want to do it. They were like, nah, man, we cool. <laughs> well, there was, it was three, three, we had three up against, you know, three on three. And then the two girls bowed out gracefully. <laughs> and Lady B, and LB was like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Let's go. And she threw a hood on and, uh, you know, and then, so we had a battle for the guys. They each had to go, she had to go one round with each one, each of them. No. And, uh. She did her thing, though, and that's, that's you know, she was going up in their faces and, you know, really aggressive. And Tron was like, yo, she's a beast. I said, that's a dope name. And he goes, yeah, that's what we're going to call Lady Beast. Wow. And she just, you know, she just, uh, she uh, represented that name really good. You know what I mean? When she went in contests, like, she started putting fear into guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, because her rep, her, her rep got, she you know, she earned her rep real fast you know what i mean would you ever would you ever open slaughterhouse back up well it's funny because um i know catalyst talked about doing it in new york and you know we we told them you know i know i told them that yeah i have no problem you know long as it's one of you guys you know what i mean and not somebody that never never um long as it's someone running it that was a part of it. You know that's what I mean? Right. That's right. And, uh, yeah. I Wait, mean, didn't you have, they... um, what's his name? Um, what's the name from, from Static Noise or Rush Crew? Yeah. Yes, that's what I was saying. I forget his name, though, the, the Spanish guy there. Um, sure. Uh, I know who you're talking Ricky. Yes. Ricky. So he used to come for a long time, too. Yeah, because I remember he, he, when he started working, he started traveling on tour, though. Right. And, oh. um, so, you know, there was a lot of other people that they were family with us as far as Slaughterhouse goes, but they weren't, they never, they never really came to Slaughterhouse, but we trained them separately. Like there was Kyle, I trained Kyle Aline, me, uh, Shaka Lark, Brian Green, Dope. Um, uh, Rhea, Rhea Briggs, who runs Funk, me and Tron used to train her. That's um, crazy. Started her, uh, Chicky Hernandez. Uh, Chicky. Chicky who runs, yes. So he was another one. It's funny, like, you know, it seems like they all got different things out of us. Like, yeah. Rhea liked, liked the performance side of it, and that's how she started funk and started, like, doing a lot of, the, like, theatrical shows and stuff like that and, like, training kids. Mm-hmm. And Chicky uh, learned uh, about the competition stuff from us, too. Yeah. So that's how he started throwing his events. I loved, so they his, all got a, I loved his events. And, right. And, um... And Kyle got the performance side of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the training and the techniques and, and uh, you know, so, and the character and stuff like that. So, you know, they, they each, like, like each dancer, not, and if you notice about any of the Slaughterhouse kids, none of them dance alike. No. No. I think, I think 
maybe Alex, um, A Boogs, and Alana are comparable together. And when, not, and I'm not talking about when it comes to, um, cause Alana be doing like, you know, pirouettes and then she'll mess around and start crumping and then she'll go into popping and then she'll, you know what I mean? All that stuff. I'm talking about from the, the hip hop aspect. I feel like right. Alana and, and A Boogs, when I watched them younger, when they were like 11, 12, right. they, they went to, <clears throat> excuse me, you could tell that they trained at the same place for hip hop. You know what I mean? Um, and I, and I could see a lot of their, their, um, technique was sort of mirror to mirror. Cause I, when I, when I started working with them, they were all 12, they were my daughter's age. Right. And I think Alana might've been 10 turning 11. And, um, I had, I had Kavan, I had my cousin Alex and I had a books and I had Alana and then I had, um, uh, what's his name? Oh my God! What's the name? Yeah, yeah. He's at um. He's he's all grown up now. Like they're all grown up, but like yeah, they're all men now. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and, and women. <laughs> um. I can't think of his name. Last name is Briggs. Was it Briggs? No, not Briggs. That's Ray's last. No, name. not not Briggs. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. Not. It's just. It starts with a B. Javon. Not Javon, because I that's Javon. Javon is um, my friend, like my old time friend. Uh, his his son, um, but damn, I can't think of his name. Yikes! They all used to dance together at funk. But they all the funny thing is that they all went to slaughterhouse. I think it was Alex, Alex, Javon, and um, Javon and um, and uh, Alana. The four of them went to Slaughterhouse, and they can. And at the time, they were continuing to go. We had Ricardo too, Ricardo Foster. We had for a little while too. Wow! Shout out! We shout had, out! Yes, we had uh, Hibs. Hibs is another one we had for a while. Hey, Jaws. Jaws is another one. Because Jaws um, mentions you too. Yeah, she. You know, like I said, and then and uh, and Floor Lords. Um, I used to work Michelle, Heidi, and uh, Jeannie. You know, mm-hmm. so Jeannie, I need uh, you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe Shout you, out to maybe Florida you can, like, yeah, yo, the whole crew, man. Yeah. For real. I mean, I think, you know, right now, what, what do you think? What do you think is happening in the dance world right now in terms of a movement? Do you think we're supporting each other, or are we um, just creating and setting up different, uh, different uh, uh, out, outrage, out, outputs? I think that we could be supporting each other more. I'll be honest with you. I agree. Because, um, you know, right now it's a struggle, especially in Boston. It's a struggle. I mean, I, I know I talk to a lot of the veterans of New York and they tell me the same thing. They're like, nothing's really happening in New York right now, neither, which is sad because that's like the, the borough. Mecca. You know what I mean? Exactly. And um, but um, I will tell you one thing. Breakin's going to be in the Olympics in 2021, and I think that's going to open a lot of eyes for a lot of people. If it's done right, if it's done correct, and the right people are, uh, are judging it, and that's you know, right, and letting us really show what the culture is about, you know. Now, how do you how do you know that? Oh, it's it's been advertised already. I, this fly has uh, already been out, and. Um, 
saying that it's it's going to be in France in 2021. It's already a fact. That's crazy. And are they reaching out to elders, like people who are iconic in dance, to even find yeah, out I, what I, we do? I heard, I heard right now. Um, I think Storm from Germany's work. He's like, you know, a legend in b-boy. Crazy Legs is a part of it. I heard. Um, okay. So I'm, ho- I'm just hoping that the people that have done it for years or they they're involved with the culture, uh, are judging it and and um, and you know. Um, running it you know what i mean because if you get some people that you know that judge ice skating or something like that and try and have them come and try and <laughs> try and judge hip-hop and b-boy and it's like you gotta be kidding me you know what i mean it's like oh look he did a backspin that's a 10 no and it's like absolutely know, not yeah, it can't work like that it's got to be people that have been involved with it you know I mean, or it's not gonna or it's not gonna get the recognition and it's not people are not gonna watch it that's right you know what i mean and how much you want to bet they're going to go up based on ratings? Oh, I, I just hope it's done. Like I said, the people that I mentioned, I just hope that they have their their um, foot in the door where they can say, look, this ain't right. This is correct. We need to change this. And so that way, like I said, it's where it's, you know, where people can really appreciate it like that, like we do, you know? Exactly. What's um, what's your favorite place to be? Is it this? Is it the stage? Is it in the jams? Is it competition? Is it, you know, uh, parties? What's your favorite place to be? Uh, I and think it's a tie. It has to be a tie. I mean, it's, uh, well, I mean, I like being, I love being on stage. I love being in circles and I love partying. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, because, you know, you can't, you can't do one without appreciating the others. You know what I mean? And because um, when you're, there's nothing like being on like a huge crowd stage and they're, you know, and they're screaming for you and it's That's just like right. echoes. I love that. And, but there's nothing like being in the circle and you're getting down and people are like, did you just see what he did? You know what I mean? He is killing it right now. And when, you, when your peers appreciate what you're doing. Exactly. You know what I, mean? I was just about to say and then, that. And of course, when you're partying, like you're sitting there with, your, with everybody, you know, everybody that you love and you're in there all vibing and just jamming and like, Grooving, you know what I mean? It's like there's nothing like that. He's also. I miss I miss the jams. I ain't gonna lie. I miss uh I miss you know having the dancers in one space, doing. Yeah, doing well that's that's what we used to do. We used to hit the club, and then when one of our favorite songs come on, or a, a b boy song, or a popping song, and then we'd start cipher. You know, we'd leave the girl we were dancing with, and we'd go start getting down in the circle. <laughs> You know what I mean? I can already then, see you guys you know, like, hold on, baby, I'll be right back. Yeah, well, they, you know, they usually knew. <laughs> they knew what time it was, you know what I mean? And they would be like, okay, I'll, you know, and they would go hang out with their girls, too, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, what was so, what was, was that like? What was your favorite club to, to go to? Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I stumped uh, you with that one, yep. Yeah, there was, there was, like I said, Dance Factory was awesome back then. Every Saturday when they used to, you know, you you'd go to school all week and then like you go out that Friday and you would like buy an outfit just for that Saturday yeah, night. You know I what remember. I mean? Oh God. Remember, um, high voltage. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Metro and Avalon was another one, yep. you know, back in the eighties, that was, you know, going there under, under 21 club was crazy. You what know? about rooftop? Rooftop. And then it was Narcissus. Yep. N- N- Narcissus was good. Yep. Axis, 
Access was good. Forget about wanted Axis. to get your house on. Yeah. Um, that's the that's where if you wanted to see people really voguing in house, and that's where you know you where you went. You know what I mean? Right. Nine lands down. Yeah. That was the first time I got I uh, I saw LL. That was the first time. Wow. And he sure used to come here often because there was a girl yeah. in Cambridge that used to date him on the low. And now uh, Run DMC, the first time I saw them was at our uh, dance factory. They performed. They did Hard Times and Sucker MCs. <laughs> Yo. Which was, which was crazy. I'll never forget. We went. To, so Run DMC came to Tufts University, right? Right. And my mother was like, yeah, you know, y'all asses better stay in the house. You're not allowed to go nowhere. We're like, okay. We waited for her to doze off. And we put the car in neutral and backed that car out the driveway and bounced. <laughs> <laughs> I got a funny story about, about Run DMC too. So oh my God. when we were with the when I was with the Floor Lords, like we were doing we were getting ready to do a show with the uh Run DMC and it was uh so I, I went home and I was like and Tron was with me and uh and uh he was I was like, Dad, we got a show at Run DMC tonight. He was like, Oh, that's good. Tell your friends good night. I said, What? He goes, yeah. You ain't going. That's exactly what he said. You ain't going. You got school tomorrow. I said, but dad, it's Run DMC. He said, you better run them books tomorrow morning when you go to school. You better get it. Tell your friends goodnight. Oh, no. Did you sneak out? I was so upset. I cried, man. I was so upset, you know, because I was young, you know. And a lot of the guys in Florida were a little older than me, you know. You know, so they could, like, go to these things, you know. So there was a few times I had, um, I, I I couldn't go. You know, my dad was so strict. You know, but uh, I'll tell you, I was so upset about that that day, man. I I'll never forget that day. Drama's like, oops, see 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 you tomorrow, S. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my mother was cussing us out on that phone. You hear me? Like when yeah. I tell you, she was blowing up that. You know, back in the day, we had flip phones. There were yes. they were like they look like a block, okay, yes. with the antenna still on it. OMG, this was a cell phone, portables. There was a first portable cell phone you ever uh, ever seen. It looked and, like um, a cinder block, right? Yes, and then but but this time this one had the flip to it. The mouthpiece oh, flipped, okay. so it was like a newer version, right? So my mother's blowing that phone up, and it's mad loud, but nobody can hear it, but you know, but us. But we get into the Tufts. And all we all we did was we were like, hello, hello. And we were like, we can't hear you. Run DMC is 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 performing right now. My mother was heated. And when I tell uh-huh. you, we were so scared to go home, but we didn't want to. Those are the times where you went out and you didn't care what the circumstances was going to be until you got home and you had to face it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> That's what we did. We like we and when we came back home, she was waiting in the living room, boy. We were like, damn. But we had a blast. I ain't gonna lie. We had a blast. <laughs> but to this day, she'll tell you, she got tired of chasing me and my sister to spank our behinds. We were out on her. We were like, man, we ain't too old for this. Why are you just gonna let us go out? But um, now I have I have a few like a few more questions. Um, okay. Who is probably one of your like your um, all time top? You know, um, person that you trained that battled, and and I know that's gonna kick your butt because it's like playing favoritism. But what was your favorite battle to watch? To watch or be in? 
well, one to watch and then the, the one to be in? Um, oof. Well, I can do the one I've been in. Uh, there was two of them. I was, um, one of them surprised me. I uh, was with Jazzy J from uh, Electric Boogaloo's. He, uh, he called me out at Rocksteady Reunion uh, at the park. I was called over to the circle um, by a uh, clown. And um, he says, oh, yeah, they're asking if you're over in the circle. As soon as I went over the circle, he came right out on me. Ooh. And then as soon as I looked at clown, I was like, he knew right off the bat that it, it was on. You know what I mean? And he was like, oh, shit. Everyone back up. <laughs> and uh, so we went at it. And uh, the other one was uh, with uh, Skeeter Rabbit from the Electric Boogaloo's. He's like a legend in pop. And me and him went like 15 rounds at a show that we did with Rennie Harris in Philly. We were, it, was, um, it was called The Legend Show. And mm. it had all like the big name dances and stuff. And uh, so uh, me and him went at it before the show. And um, actually, we became best friends after that. We became really cool wow. after that. So you gained a friendship. And, uh, yes. But uh, he actually, he I had him judge my event in 2006 and he passed away the week after my event after he judged my event wow and uh yeah it's, it's sad it's terrible so sorry and uh, and uh so the year the year after when we threw um our event me and tron uh unity and respect uh we gave him a lifetime achievement award you know and uh, everyone gave him a standing ovation. And, and it's on YouTube, too, right now. Amen. If you look up uh, Unity and Respect uh, 2 uh, Judges demo, you'll see, like, all the legends uh, performed. Did a, did a solo in his memory. Wow. Yeah, That's so great. that was the two of that being in. And the, the one that I got to watch, uh, let's see. Um Wow, that's tough. Because I've seen, I watched so I watched so many battles over the years. It's um, um, wow. That's, I stumped him, y'all. You see that? I stumped him. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> tough. Because, uh, like I said, I've seen so many. Um, uh, wow. I think. Oh, I'll tell you which one. It was K. Mel from Boogie Brats versus Flowmaster. Wow. Um, that was in um, that was in uh, B Boy Summit, which was crazy. Where was it at? And uh, it was at the B Boy Summit in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So that was a dope battle. And uh, oh, I saw another one with the Boogie Brats in Chicago. They battled. Um, oh, what was the name of that crew? Um, I forget the name of the crew they battled, but it was another one in Chicago that was um, crazy. And um, Trying to think if there was any other one that I was that I watched. Oh, Storm and came out was another good battle. That was another good battle. Would you? Came out. was a battler anyway, so he was always looking to challenge somebody. So, but uh, but those battles were like incredible. They were like legendary. You know what I mean? So, would you consider opening a school? I was asked that a couple of years ago from a close friend of mine I grew up. He says, he said to me uh, on Thanksgiving, he said. Um, you know, if you ever open a school, I'll, I'll fund the whole thing. And um, but it just wasn't the right time for me. So I, I, I told him I appreciate it. I was surprised he even said that, you know what I mean? Wow. But he knows how long how long I've been doing it and how, how much I take it serious. And, you know, it's just a, there's just a lot to do it if I wanted to do it right. You know, you know, trying to get the right instructors and being able to 
you know, that it takes a lot of like booking people and, and trying to fill it and promote it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a lot to it. You know what I mean? So believe me, I, I see what Raya goes through. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know I feel for her when she has 400 students and, and every year you got to re-sign them and chase them around and deal with the parents. And, you know, there's a lot. It's stressful. You know what I mean? And it's well, like, why is it like... What if you did it in a college and high school type of way? I mean, uh, believe it or not, I've turned down a lot of work like that over over the years because um, I appreciate... Um, like when I when me and Megatron were teaching, like when they come in and we're putting hours of work and within because popping, uh, you know, you can't just take an hour class and say, oh, I got it now. You know, what I mean, it's right. it takes it takes time. I mean, it, when I was when I was learning it when I first started, it took me like two or three years just to learn the basics, mm-hmm. the foundation basics. It took me like three years. So I, I, I can't even imagine someone trying to learn it in 45 minutes. You know, what I mean, and having <laughs> and having. And have it a perspective for it, you know what I mean? So it's like that was the reason why we opened Slaughterhouse because we were being Megatron is self-taught, you know what I mean? And we know what they learn in in classes. We can teach them. We can get instead of learning the foundation in three years, we we can get them caught up in a couple months, you know what I mean? Right. And that was why being there was so special because, you know, all those kids put the time in and they knew how much dedication you needed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it's not like I said. I just can't imagine learning breaking any of the styles in forty-five minutes in an hour class or an hour and a half class. You know, it's it's just too much. There's too much vocabulary that you have to learn to really understand it. I mean, just really understanding your body, how to snap on beat, uh, and using every muscle. That alone, you know what I mean? That takes time. You know? Yeah. I've seen so many people give up just on that. You know, well, I don't know. That's what came to my my spirit to to ask you is, you know, um, maybe think and, and consider at some point putting together some sort of schooling. Even if it's like the, they would have to come and train uh, during the school season, during the whatever season, but something to that effect. But I know that I could see you. Uh, running a school or a school being named after you or something like that. You know what I mean? I, I mean, can I, see it. That, I can visualize. That's, that's, could... like, that's like a big honor, and I would appreciate that, you know? And Visually, it's just like, I can see that, you know? I just I just know how, how um, disciplined I am when it comes to teaching. And it's yeah. like, you know, uh, this is conversations I've had with Brian Green many times. I mean, I've been in class. I love sitting in on his classes because – Sometimes, well, he's not as bad as he used to be, but when he used to teach at Broadway Dance Studio, you know, I would see the faces he would be making, and then he'd be walking around the class, he'd have like 40 people in his class, and I'd be like, and he'd be like, on beat, people, on beat, we have to dance on beat, and I would just be sitting off into the corner like, oh, wow, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it, but it's it's the truth, it's like, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just like his level in house and hip-hop it just, uh, you know, some people, a lot of people just get frustrated and they're like, they don't like to take his class because they feel like it's too hard. And I know, you know, what my technique and pop and in my isolations and stuff, I can't, I have to keep it at a, a certain level because I know if I teach at a high level, they're not going to get it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And I try to accommodate the, uh, the room. my audience, yeah, yeah. my audience. Yeah. And, you know, and I feel bad if they come in and they're not learning anything from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, uh, well, that, you know, I don't think that that would be the case because people know who you both are and they would be eager to learn. And this would be so, for example, Paris Goble has a school specifically for advanced dancers and choreographers. So you can't come there with no experience there's a screening and everything like she's only training you know the person that 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 is teaching you know what i mean and and it's not just her it's like a bunch of them they uh, they alliance up you know what i'm saying and um and they train choreographers and dancers like for a serious right. career and i'm not saying uh that that's what you guys should do but i can see uh you know if you did do it, decided to do an, a school, I can only see folks that are eager to learn. You know what I mean? Versus right. versus someone who is like nonchalant and willy nilly about it. Like, no, they're not gonna. You, those are the ones that you're gonna end up. They're gonna fall to the waste and not end up coming back and not be consistent. But the ones that are eager to learn what you know and learn what Brian Green knows and anybody else that you, you know, put in place in position um they they you'll only get the eager you know what i mean that's right. what i that's what I, my personal uh, opinion is and what i can like i i can envision you doing that you know right and i would be, um, and i sure would be an- dropping the baby off to you too <laughs> <laughs> to an- to answer that question how you said that a lot of uh, veteran chore- a lot of like veteran people go like choreographers and everything mm-hmm. would come and and but uh, and no disrespect to anybody, but the level I'm talking about in pop and, and the level that that place that you're talking about, mm-hmm. I would love to see. I would love to see who these people would be, because um, if I dance at the high level that I dance at, like, I, you know, when I'm like doing my top game or whatever in a circle or whatever, mm-hmm. I would love to see how many people could follow that <laughs> in, uh, in a studio. Right. Well, I mean, the folks that are training with her, they're like, it's all, it's all like, um, it's not, it's not, it's not what we would say is traditional hip hop. They're doing like, you know, like urban, you know what I mean? It's not the same. Like, like if you ever seen, um, her, her group, her crew and how they dance, everything is clean. The lines are clean, everything like, so they dance like how these dance crews dance now. But what she right. does is everybody's consi- that's in the mainstream of uh, dance, like um, who's signed to agents and all of that, and doing um, creative direction, and our you know head choreographers and all of that. Those are the dancers that are coming to this this like elite um, sort of um, compound, and they're working. You know what I mean? One one day we need to get together and sit down and 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 have this discussion again and i'll show you what i'm talking about so you can understand uh the certain levels i'm i'm talking about you know what i mean yep and and i'm sure and i'm sure they're at a high level but uh now uh, these, like i, said, I mean the, I, I don't know if you in terms of level but i'm saying like she has she's put together a school where you don't you're not having a beginner come in there with no skill set just coming in there to learn you know what i mean right it's mm-hmm. not that type of school. It'd be like if you you have if like for example if I put a school together, 
and I had to think of it in the same format, it would be a school specifically with you, um, you know, Rhea, Ricardo, Carlene, Brian Green, you know, all the all the heavy hitters would be there as the top right. to teach. You know what I'm saying? And then they're training their mentees. You get what I'm saying? And like, it's Correct. almost like I, I always talk to Rhea about this and I always talk to Ricardo about this. Who trains the trainer? Where do the choreographers go to train? When they want to be among each other. Because you like we teach all the time. So now where do we go to train? Right. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what she that's what she put together. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, schools where the teachers don't even teach. They have people teaching for them. Mm-hmm. That's first of all. Yeah. And uh, so, when you say where do uh, the uh, trainers go to train? Who are they train with? Well, a lot of them don't. A lot of them don't want to go through all that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but 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 at some point, if you're trying to continue your career and further your career, where do you go to be resourceful and get your resource? You know what I mean? Like where do where do I go? <laughs> no, not just you, but just I, I I've been asking that. Like, there's times where uh, like you see me and you had this conversation before I even started the podcast about regrouping, right? Right. And at some point, if we're teaching all year long. We have to take a break and then regroup. And that's the that's the point in time where I'm saying like where I know me personally, I would want to train, but I would want to train with someone like you and Aria, uh, uh, Yanj Dabinga, um, Ricardo, you know what I'm saying? Heavy hitters, you know what I'm saying? Like people I know that can really pour into me, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and vice versa. Like, like when I, like when I want to get inspired or and start like training, I, I hook up with my friends in New York. I hook up with Disco Dave, Jazzy mm-hmm. J, Stretch. And those are all what, heavy I mean, hitters. These guys are like some of the best in the world. That's you right. Know what I mean, and um, you know Brian, of course. But you know, I, I see Brian more than you know all, all of them. But um, but you know, there's other ones in L.A. too. That uh, Junior Boogaloo. There's uh, uh, Frantic. There's uh, you know, Slim Boogie. There's a there's a ton of cats that young guys that are like very advanced now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, but there's a difference between advanced, like very street dance advanced, and then there's studio advanced. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what that's what I'm trying to say about it. Like, a lot of people, a lot of people, these a lot of these guys that I'm mentioning won't even vibe with some people in the studios like that it's yeah, yeah. it's on it's on a whole different level right you know what i mean right and um these guys are like i said world worldwide known uh skilled you know what i mean yep. and it's like um like i said when i get inspired i i go out to those guys and i'll be in their living rooms with them and uh like the first i'll give you an example first time brian green came to my house he stayed at my house right and we wanted to train. We wanted to get down together. So I turned the music on. We took all the furniture out of my bedroom and put it <laughs> in the kitchen. And we went move. And we went move for move, and hip hop, popping, locking, house. Uh, only thing I couldn't do was breaking. And I told him he's lucky I don't have enough space to break right now. You know what I mean? And uh, but we went. We went for like a couple hours. And just, what? Did you record it? You know, no. Oh I'm, my no. God. That's something. 
you gotta understand these are the type of guys that they're they're you know they're very secretive about their stuff and yeah you know and if you don't know them like that then they're not going to show you nothing you know right, what i mean right and um but you know like i said we're all very family we you know when we see each other we haven't seen each other for a while and we're in the circle it's not like a battle, but it's about trying to hype each other up and That's see who's right. been still training and who hasn't. Bounce you know? that energy around back and forth. Right, exactly. And we, you know, and we go for. <laughs> we used to go to the house dance conference, all of us, and uh, and we'd be in the circle, and all these other young kids that were very great dancers would be on the outside of the circle watching. They wouldn't go in the circle until we were done, finished, sweating, and keeled over like, all right, that was good. You know what I mean? <laughs> Because they, they were like, hell no, we ain't going in that circle. I'm not going in that exactly. circle. Exactly. Exactly. That is so it. Ask Ray about the house dance conference. She'll tell you the first time she went. You know, same thing with, uh, I brought Domino there. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a bunch Shout of guys that him. went there. And, Shout out and to they him were and just family. like, and uh, yeah, rest rest in peace, Domino, you know, my brother. And uh, same thing with rest in peace to float, you know. Yeah. Um, but. Like I said, there was a lot of people, a lot of young kids, they would just sit there and observe. They would observe for hours, too. And they would get so much information, you know what I mean? And then when we were all done, they would start trinkling in here. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? And we would go and go yeah, to the like, bar and get some water and soda or whatever, you know. As soon as you guys turn your back to use the bathroom, that's when they would try. But if, <laughs> yeah, if, if, but if you were staring, standing there, hell to the no. Hell yeah. no. I mean... And, uh, you know, it was just a respect thing, you know what I mean? And, you know, and like half of those kids, they learned so much. And if they asked us, we would help them out here and there on certain things, you know. What do you want to see happen in dance in Boston? Um, what, what what do you think your expectation is? Or what do you think you want to see for Boston dance scene? I, I want to see the scene grow. I want it to like grow like it was back in the 80s. You know what I mean? I, I wanted to, uh, I want more events. I want more um more shows, I agree. more, you know, you know what I mean? I, I want to see it all. You know what I mean? I want to see people, you know, bring more big name people to Boston. So, uh, so people can grow as dancers too. You know what I mean? A lot of people know all these people are around and they don't ask for them. You know what I mean? Because they're afraid to pay or, you know, they're afraid to pay. You know, look, you know, you get what you paid for, That's you know right. what I mean? And it's like, if you want to be taught at a high level or learn at a high level, then you need to hire these people. You need, you need to, to hire. Yes, you need to hire Buddha Stretch, Adesla, Kim Holmes, um, obviously Brian Green. Um, you know, there's just so many. Link, uh, Khalif, uh, 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 Brooklyn Terry, like uh, Shannon S., Witchaway Shah, like these guys are like some of the best in the world. And you know what's so funny? No one in America takes advantage of them. But overseas, in China, in Japan, yep, they know in Taiwan, up. and they, they bring these people back there on a regular. Pop and Pete, Boogaloo Sam, Sugar Pop. Um, there's just so there's just so many that um, that you know these guys ain't gonna be around forever. And then it's only gonna be videotaped. That's you right. You know what I mean? That's right. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you, like I said, you, you need to be hiring these people and, like, uh, and learning. And I'm saying mostly in America because overseas they know what time it is. That's yeah. why these kids are getting so good. You know what I mean? Japan yeah. is getting crazy. Yeah. You know? And um, France is another one. They're getting crazy, you know? 
You know, and, uh, Guru hit me to that that whole hip hop and and um, uh, MC scene over there. Cause when when I went to it, Paris, I was fourteen, and I was in the tourist you know area, and, and I didn't get to see nothing that had to do with dance or music there at all, especially hip hop. Right. <clears throat> and when he ever, he was like going back and forth over to France. Because he was on this radio station, and um, it was a hip hop underground radio station, and he would be on it. And he started telling me, he was like, "Yo, that scene over there." He's like, "The dancing is crazy, the 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 hip hop scene is crazy. Like, you know, MCs they they be having battles and all types of." He was like, "They know, you know, so much more in terms of they're in more in tune with music than we we think that you know Europeans know, and it's true." But we're but we overlook it because we're like yeah we started it uh, that's it like we're we're too cocky in that area you know can't 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 run with that anymore because uh, overseas like I said they're the ones dominating right now that's true you know and uh, if if America doesn't get with it soon you'll be looking from outside in you know what I mean because. Uh, Watch some of these events, Just a Boo, Freestyle Session. You want to start saying, like, step your game up. You want to start saying top-notch dancers. Watch some of these events when they come out every year. You know what I mean? Um, these are where some of the top dancers come from overseas to these events, and they battle for big money. You know what I mean? And it's like you'll get an idea of the level I'm talking about. You know what I mean? And uh, and I'm talking about all styles too, not just popping or breaking. I'm talking about whacking, locking, hip hop, house. You know, there's uh, there's some incredible people around. You know, and I think that you know these younger ones, they don't really know because they're not being told about them. Like, I don't know. I like I I think that you need to write a book. It's I said this to thing. Stacks too. I said this to Stacks too. Like, yo, you need to write a book. But I think you need to do a movie and a book. Well, I had a few people talk to me about it, so I'm considering, uh, you know, doing at least one, you know what I mean? At least, you know, write uh, about uh, my life in dance and, um, you know, and um, see see uh, what I can do with it, you know? Well, I but, can't uh, make it up because I didn't talk to them people. So, you know, I mean, if, if too many people are telling you the same thing, you got to do it. I'm definitely considering it, you know, it's uh, it's a little more than that right now, you know, because I got some other issues that I, I take care of, um, which, you know, right. um, already. So yep. but um, there was something else I wanted to say to you, too, about about a lot of these young kids. They don't try to learn their history. I used to say this to a lot of the, uh, a lot of p kids that. How do you, how do you know where you want to get to if you don't know how it started? What'd you say? How do you know what level or where you want to take it to if you don't know how it started? And that's that's my point for saying we have to tell the story. We need to be talking to these kids and informing them, not just with dance. There needs to be like, <clears throat> so there needs to be like a, a, a whole um, movement where you do, you train, you learn, and you dance. 
And I mean like on some old school, like sit down and we tell you and show you all of these people that you need to know. And then you go and you do, you train in maybe each genre. And then you go and, and you actually dance and take class after that and, and uh, do workshops or whatever. But, but there needs to be some sort of like creative space where uh, history is told, learned, and then um, exhibited. You know, it's funny you say that because overseas they have a, they have a dance camp over there mm-hmm. where that I went to. Um, I went to it, and uh, what they do is from like nine in the morning. It was on li- literally on a lake, and they had like wow. if, if you couldn't afford like a little cabin to pay for a cabin, like a, you know a bunch of you just put up money and and rent out the cabin during the time. Then people used to bring their tents and tent and camp outside during it. So I went over to Czech Republic. And um, from nine in the morning to like five in the afternoon, they had stages built it all over the camp. So from nine to ten, you would take hip hop with stretch. And then from ten to eleven, you would take break in with, uh, say, float. And then from, you know, and that would go on all day uh, till five o'clock. And then from five to ten at night, they had a main stage like the size of Great Woods. It was a square stage. They had it all lit up and everything. And people would battle in different styles from five in the afternoon till 10 at night. Wow. And then from 10 to the next morning, they used to have DJs under a huge tent. They used to spin for the rest of the night and you would just party with all the dancers and drink water and whatever, you know, and whatever else that you wanted to drink and eat, you know what I mean? And that would go, and that would go on for like a week or two weeks in a row. You know what I mean? And then they would have like, um, you know, they would give away trophies and all this other stuff. And then, you know, if you won, if you won, then you would be invited back next year to be like an instructor. That's kind you know of what like, I mean? that's kind of like how cheerleading camps go. You stay there for a week and yeah. you train and you like one one day you're doing cheer, uh, cheers and chants. The next day you're doing tumbling and, um, and stunts. Then the next day right. you're doing advanced jumps and, and intermediate jumps uh, and basic jumps. And then you're doing the next day you're doing, um, what is it, um, what do you call it, warm-ups and, and like you you pull everything together. Then the last then the last day, you know, the day before that you train for All-American if you get picked. If you're one that they give you a slip to be an All-American cheerleader, that means that you're like, you're set apart from all the rest, right? And then the last right. day, they ask if you want to be All-American. They award you with All-American, and then they ask you if you want to try out for NCA <coughs> to be um, on. So NCA, UCA, and UDA, all of them do this this big parade. They do all the parades in the in, uh, nationwide and, and internationally. So they'll do the Thanksgiving parade in New York. They'll do the, you know, the Rose uh, the Peach Bowl or Rose Bowl or whatever it's called, and then they do um, the uh, <clears throat> they'll do the um, the St. Patrick's Parade in Ireland. I mean, there's the Honolulu. There's so, so many things that they do. Like worldwide, they do an event, and you are picked out of all the cheerleaders that it w- was in your camp. If you get picked to be an All American because they picked you, and then you audition and you win then you, you have the option to go to any one of those parades to represent your, your team or represent your state or whatever. That's cool. And I think that 
we need I think they have something similar to that, comparable to that, because Alana won she did something like that from Boston. I don't know if it was Pulse or whatever, but I know that she um she was one of the elites seven. And uh there was another girl from Boston, I forgot her name, but shout out to her too. Um <clears throat> Um But I say all that to say like if we could run, you know, some sort of like history channel it through the dance even if we did like dance history in boston you know what i mean so that that's, we can that's educate my, that's my that's my point what i'm saying is like the people that like say raya you uh floor lords carl and i had a conversation with him about this too and i said it would be nice if everybody could get together mm-hmm. and 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 put like a a schedule together where you know, everybody would like teach, you know what I mean? Everybody would come in and teach and then maybe bring in a guest or whatever, if they wanted to and, uh, and promote it and do it like, do it like a camp, you know what I mean? Do it like a whole training workshop with all these different people and then have, make it like a big party to make, so they could understand, um, the vibe, like the, the culture, you know what I mean? Because, Contest is not just about that's that's not the culture. Neither is the classes. It's when you get there and you vibe and you meet people and you talk with them and you like, you know, get to know their background and that that's what the culture is about. Right. You know what I mean? I agree. And uh, I tell people all the time that the best part of the uh, events is that when the event's over and you guys all go out to eat and you're all sitting there eating and talking, you know about where you live and about you're from and about your life you know what i mean yep. and it's like that's the best part of the event you know i think and uh, i think that would be dope like because <clears throat> remember back in the day you know cindy diggs used to do ummf um the conference you know for all the mcs and all the artists in boston that were in part of hip-hop right and i think if we ran it the same way on a dance level i think it would it would touch a lot of people and families you know? And I think it, I think and I think the culture would grow from it too. Absolutely, absolutely, a hundred percent. Because I think people are like either, you know, on their way to a prelude or on their way to whatever competition we have. Right. Because they're starting out. Excuse me. Or they are attending because they want to see who's going to compete. Or they're over it because they already competed and they already accomplished their goal. They either won or they placed and they're like, all right, we're content. And but that doesn't not that and that's what brings all the dancers out. But right. we need something else that we create here, not that's traveling to Boston, you know, and that's going to the next state after Boston. Our right. own event where we can bring everybody in. And do exactly what you said. Introduce, yeah. not even introduce, have the culture. Right. Know? And, like, you could have panels. You know, there's so much stuff you can do. You know what I mean? Like, you could have people, like, selling, um, like, clothes, like, you know, gear. or yeah. You know. And I'm sure, like, if everybody got together, I'm sure people like Red Bull, there would be uh, incredible companies that would want to be a part of it, you know? Well, well, I hear you. I hear you talking. So I'm. I'm I guess I got to keep plugging away at you. Shell's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be like, "Don't answer it, Chanel. She keeps <laughs> asking me to do this." 
Be like, shall I put a block on his phone? <laughs> no, right. I'm going <laughs> to have, look, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna have um Brian call you. And I'm going to be on the line, too. We're going to do it old oh, school. Look, we're going to do it like old school, where you call on three-way and you stay quiet until you got to say something. Right. <laughs> and no, he'll but... do something like that, too. Nice. He's done it in the past. <laughs> Brian Green is off the hook. If you guys didn't listen to, <laughs> I hope you guys checked out the live events where he got me. He was he was coming for me. Every chance he got, he, got, he came for me during that live events um, interview. <laughs> it's a hip hop exchange, but um, but shout out to him though. I mean, a shout out to you because I appreciate you even taking the opportunity to sit with me and sort of like talk about your experiences and just you know just talk about a timeline that, that you know that people don't realize otherwise unless they sit down and talk to you or if unless they know you or know of you. But then they don't. This was a little bit more intimate in terms of like getting to know. Uh, more about you. I did not know you were from Cambridge, which is so. Oh dope. yeah, born and raised. That's so crazy. And how about your parents? Probably know my grandmother or something like that. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like, possible. Yeah, like we see. This is why I think kids get messed up right now because they don't know. You know, back in the day, we used to live like a village. Like, you know what I'm saying? If if you were out of control or acting up. I'm pretty sure your mom and your dad's friends would be like, "Oh hell no," you know what I mean, and come and and no. tighten it, tighten you up my real mom, quick. If I ever acted up back in the day, my mother and father would say, "Well, you can beat him if he acts up. You got my permission." Right. That's <laughs> and that's that's the mentality that we used to have, and now we don't have that because some people be like, "I ain't messing with. I don't got nothing. That's none of my business." They just or they record. You know what I mean. They don't pay. My no one holds my friend, each other accountable. Uh, he he disciplines the kids at the grammar school that I grew up at, and uh, he says now, like if he says I'm going to call your parents to a kid, he goes, here you go, here's my phone, I'll call it for you. Oh my God, these kids are off yeah, the hook. Like, yeah. I'm, I mean, I can honestly say, like, you know, I I have you know some younger kids in my classes that you know they're very outspoken and very vocal, like. They'll be like, you know, this song is very abstract. And I'm like, what? <laughs> You're like, yeah, first, first grade, what you know about abstract? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what the hell? It's it's funny thing that you say that because it's a lot of house when uh, we didn't play that. We didn't play any of that ego stuff or cocky or like, you know, because a lot of those slaughterhouse kids started winning a lot of contests and a lot of other kids were starting to get mad. Like, you know what I mean? And, and uh, I told them, I said... Uh, you know, me and Tron used to tell them uh, we used to have a saying that uh, stay humble, That's bring right. your skills to the dance floor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so um, and we and that was something that we stuck with. You know what I mean? So we didn't play any of that uh, getting cocky and you know talking trash stuff like that. Yeah, we didn't go for none of that. You know what I mean? If you were gonna be in here, you were gonna learn and you were gonna be humble. That's right, and that's the only way. To be honest, that's the only way. And you attract more when you're humble, you know? Uh, you right. attract more positivity and positive outcomes and opportunities when you stay humble. Like, if you operate on a clean heart, you know, and, they, and nothing better than operating on a clean heart, man. And um, and people see it, and they see your light, and, they, and they'll, they'll gravitate towards you. What's, your, what's up and coming for you? Um, that's a good question. Right now, um, I'm trying to get my hip back into strength again because i just it. had a hip replacement so that's the first thing 
But um, you could do it. Put you know, your hip back into it. Still, hey. still, still going to events, repping events, and uh, you know, go uh, right now. I just been uh, going to a lot of uh, uh, a lot of different of my friends' uh, dancing events and repping there, and and um, you know, seeing a lot of you know a lot of the OGs and stuff like that. Going there, vibing out with them. Um, I, I asked to teach a couple um, private classes and stuff like that, so uh, that might be in the in the works right now. And I, I've already uh, I, I gave up uh, a couple judging events, so I'm gonna start doing a lot more judging too. Yeah. And uh, so I started that already with Crazy Freddy at his event. Hey, and, uh, Crazy Freddy, what up? What up? What up? <laughs> and um, so I'm gonna start doing that and. Um, uh, hopefully soon, maybe like maybe in the works. Uh, maybe there might be another slaughterhouse, but that's something I want to run by Tron uh, uh, when he comes back. So we'll see what happens with that. Right, right. I, well, and um, what are you doing? What you love? Oh, I always do what I love. You know what I mean? It's like every time I hear music and I'm in an event or at an event or a show, I'm. I'm always doing something I love, you know, whether it's just watching, enjoying, or it's me vibing, you know? Yep. And what's, what's, um, where can we find you in terms of social media? If if people want to stay connected to you, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on Facebook. I, um, David Shallow, uh, on Facebook. And that's where, uh, most of my, uh, the people will reach out to me or contact me. And, um, you know, so that's how I keep in touch with everybody overseas and here. So, Dope. And what's your message that you want to leave with everybody? Um, just keep dancing, you know, enjoying it. Um, basically, uh, keep keep doing it if you love it. Uh, if you do it as a, um, you know, for the culture, or if you just do it as a fad, you know. Um, if you're serious about learning and stuff like that, uh, please look up those people that I mentioned. And, um, you know, you'll definitely learn a lot from them. And, uh, like I said, just, um, just keep having fun, you know, try to have fun with it. You know what I mean? Um, you can still train hard and still have fun. You know what I mean? That's right. So, yeah, I would say, you know, and then, um, just if you, if you're a teacher or instructor, like, you know, just keep passing the culture on, you know, so respect to all the dancers out there. Hey. So, y'all heard what he said. He said, "Keep dancing and have fun with it." And if you and just because you're training doesn't mean you can't have fun. So, um, you are amazing, and I'm blessed. I'm grateful, and um, not for nothing. I hope y'all know, like, um, you know, this isn't just me, like, contacting, you know, Shao and and being and just having like this, you know, elaborate uh, interview, like. We were on the phone for like at least 30, 40 minutes before we even started uh, an interview. And and if it's not on the phone, it's like messenger and get to going. You know what I mean? Like he's somebody that you just, you don't get, you, you don't, you just always get something uh, in addition to the last sentence. Like you're going to, he's someone that you need to, need to know um, and uh, talk to when you get a chance to sit down with him. Um you know, pick his brain, you know, because he has a lot of in, information in dance that you, if you're aspiring, you could, you can completely benefit and it's rich, you know, and it's, and, you know, like he said, you know, 
this story in terms of dance and how we became in Boston and therefore outside of here, um, only if you can tell it and, and you got to explore that information um, and, and, and only if you can pass down the culture of it the right way. So um, we're lucky. We're, we're blessed. I, I, for even I appreciate you me. having me on. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, I appreciate what you do and what you're doing here with all the dancers trying to uh, recognize certain people and, and uh, their history, which is a good thing, you know. So I appreciate it. And you should be proud of yourself because, like I said, uh, it's a nice thing what you're doing and, and you're passing on a lot of knowledge to people. So yeah. props to you, too. Thank you. I'm trying to pull us together and, um, you know, and unite us in a way where, you know, 10 years from now, we could say we we're the, the information is it is somewhere and this is where you can go and find it, you know. Right. Um, if, you know, just uh, I like I like to give a shout out to a few people, obviously, Funk Phenomenon, uh, Floor Lords, my family, hey. something different dances, um, all the all the uh, crews from uh, Boston repping and uh, still keeping it alive. Uh, Boston City Lights, Duggan Hill. Hey. Um, um, you know, like I said, uh, in New York, um, uh, obviously my, my partner, Brian Green, uh, Buddha Stretch and Elite Force. Um, Disco Dave, uh, Adesla the Incredible, DJ Doc, DJ DP1. These guys are all representing the culture strong, and uh, they do a lot for the culture. My main, Jazar Remote, Jerry, another one. Uh, Specs, who teaches at Broadway Dance Studio, Miss V. Um, uh, also, um, I want to give a shout out to Incredible Breakers. Um, again, I want to say rest in peace, my brother Domino, yep. who I started out with, and um, also my uh, my brother Float. Okay. Uh, may he rest in peace. Incredible Breaker and Floor Lord family. Okay. Um, you know, so Chino Brian from Incredible Breakers. I want to give a shout out to them. Um, so uh, Electric Boogaloo is from California. Um, my my man Spinner from Dynamic Rockers. Hey. Uh, shout out to them. Um, you know, in New York City Breakers also, uh, Kid Freeze, uh, Fast Break, Shock uh, Lock, uh, King Up Rock. There's, uh, you know, these are some of the OGs that represent the culture, and you should, uh, if you ever see them, I'm, show listen, them love. Listen, you know I'm going to go back it. and I'm going to start jotting these names down, and I'll be like, all right, what's his email? What's this person's email? What's this person's phone number? You know what I mean? Because I, right. I want all of this on our podcast. We need, it's not just for me, y'all. It's, it's, it's for us. Yeah. Like, I'll say this quick story, y'all. It's like, I mean, I, I, and not to get super spiritual, but to get super spiritual. Um, you know, I sing, everybody knows me. I sing in the choir at my church, and they're dope. Shout out to Refuge Ministry and Refuge Young Adult Choir. Um, I was having one of those moments of like, you know, where do I, do I, do I, should I continue to sing? Should I be singing, you know, with, with the, with the choir? What should I be doing? Should I, I was at a crossroad in, um, in this particular day. And it was my bishops, you know, I think it was his 34th or 37th in, uh, pastoral event. And, um, we were up to sing and, um, you know, I was feeling a little discouraged having that, like, I don't know my place, you know. And um, right right away, I got a, a voice that, you know, that said, it's never for them, it's always for me. And I say all that to say, um, shortly after that, 
um, when it was, you know, I, you know, I had one of those moments where I'm sitting still and I'm asking God what's next and the podcast came up and I stick by that. You know, it's never for them. It's always, for, it's always for me. And I will say that not for me in my perspective. What I'm saying is, um, in, in, in a retrospect and, and, and respect to my spirituality, um, I wouldn't do it if it was like, you know, a, a personal value to me. Like it's, it's not, I'm not, I gain nothing out of this. I gain, I gain, uh, a, you know, gratefulness and, and being blessed by everybody that's been on the podcast, but I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for us. You know what I'm saying? So, right. and I, as soon as I heard that voice say, it's never for me, it's always for, it's never for you, you know, for them, it's always for me. And I'm thinking, you know, cause my heart is so big that. I want to be able to help all the time someone else that may need it, you know? And so right. I think that's that's one of the, the ways I stay driven on doing anything. But particularly we talk about the podcast, um, as long as it's helping somebody else and, you know, people get to hear, um, you know, all the gifts that we have, people that are gifted on here. Because every last person that's been on this podcast is super gifted and, and um and I think that it's 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 valuable so that the world can hear, and if only Boston listens, then Boston listens. But I mean that's not true. We actually have a lot of listeners all over, but um we definitely need to uh, uh broaden our uh our our dance scene, and uh, dancers need to unite, not just in Boston but globally, um, because we are not just a hobby, you know. So. Like I said, it's not. It's not for. It's not just. For, I get no big gain out of this. This is for our community. Period. You know, so. Well, no, knowledge is key, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I think and, I think it's exciting to hear, you know, as many people on here. I'd love to hear, you know, somebody's testimony of when they actually listened to an episode and it helped them. You know. Well, I hope if anyone gains from it, then that makes me happy. So. Absolutely. I mean, I already know when when certain folks listen to this, they're going to be like, what? What? Wait a minute. Well, like, you know, like I was like, what? Who? Wait a minute. Cambridge. Wait, there was a group out. Of, like, I didn't even know that. And here I am thinking I knew all the, the, the groups from back in the day from when I stepped in Boston. And no, I'm that's like I'm too far ahead. I mean, I'm too far back. Like. Was, and I'll make sure I, I send you those pitches, too. Yeah, because, like, I, when I was in Cambridge, it was, like, the YWCA we were doing. I had my first gig through Robert. Shout out over there. And, um, you know, Robert with the glasses that be at the that used to be the director over there? Oh, yes. Yeah, he, he put me on my first show, paid show. And I, I, I think we got, like, $30. I didn't care it was $30, though. I was, like, word. I was 14. <laughs> You know what I mean? Trying to dance out right. here and stuff. But he used to tell me about different spot, you know, different people and, and, and different um, dancers. But we weren't really fully connected because we were in the military, so we moved a lot. So we didn't get to see, you know, a lot of dancers in crews and stuff like that. That was something that we wanted to see, but we didn't have access to it. So to hear you say that there was a crew from Cambridge that was repping, that's crazy to me, you know? <laughs> There was there was a lot of crews back then actually. That's crazy. And uh, I just want to say a few more shout outs if you don't mind. Obviously my partner Absolutely. Megatron, shout out to him. Yeah. Um, the whole slaughterhouse crew, 
Um, I also want to say a shout out to Boogie Brats, Skill Methods, um, uh, Full Circle, my boy B Boy Clown from the Bronx. Uh, he's a, he's a legend too. Someone else that you need to look up. And um, so, like I said, some of these groups. I hope I hope um, people enjoyed what they heard. And um, if anyone gained anything from it, then I'm very happy. And like I said, I appreciate you having me on. And I'm glad you have. I'm glad you named these folks because they can hear themselves. You know, um, being appreciated. You know. Right. And hopefully, I get to talk to um, half of what you named. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to some I'm gonna talk to some people that uh, so I can get them on with you and uh, and tell them that they can go and tell their story. Some more Absolutely. people from Boston. Oh, and the Wonder Twins also, Billy yes. and Bobby. And that's so crazy. So, all right. So, two. You remember Two of a Kind? Yes. That's who I like. We used to do and BOP. You remember them? Yep. And Three the Hard Way. Yep. And um, God, there's so many crews that were like repping Spin City, Boston City Breakers, yep. uh, Unique Dominoes. Uh, there's there's just so many from Boston that Funkafets. Yeah, um, I remember them. Um, New York, uh, New York City bra- uh, Breakers, New York Puppeteers. Um, God, there's just so many. You know what I mean? It's we like to, when we used to do shows, but Billy and Bobby and Two of a Kind and BOP used to be like the the headliners when I was like 14. You know what I mean? Like in the, in the talent shows that we used to be trying to enter, and we used to think we was cute, going to them being like you know cross colored out. Oh my God. You need to have them on too, Billy and Bobby. Absolutely, I've been trying. I've been trying, and I'm like, I gotta go. Like at least, uh, go to their school when they start teaching again. Pop up right. on them. I mean, <clears throat> I think, I think it also people that haven't been on here. Like, it's not. I need everybody on here. So I'm, I'm, I'm publicly saying this. Like, Yanj Dabinga, I need you on here. Sophia Haynes, I need you up on here. Like. I need Deborah Mason up on here. Rhea Briggs. I'm calling y'all out. Because Lino Delgado. Lino Delgado. You listen, Mr. Delgado. You know when I call you by your last name, you know you're serious if I call you with the patois and you say your last name like that. So I've been <laughs> waiting for you to call me. And you tell me that it's eight hours ahead and you're busy. But me and Kiara, what time it is, just call my phone so I can do the interviews now. Stop uh, ducking and dodging. And um, XL, I need him on here. And I need. Yeah, she needed to get Pookie on there too, El Nino. Yep, yep, yep. And who was that fella that just got married out of, Le- out of the uh, Floor Lords? Yeah, that's Pookie. Okay, okay, I need him on there. Um, I need, um, what you call it? I need Yinny, aka Genie. Yeah. Hello. Yes. I need her on here. Like, we can't tell this. So I need Clinton Sparks on here too. Because, and I say his name because he was with one of the guys from Two of a Kind a lot back in the day. He used to be with one of them. The other twin, I, I, I didn't see him, but he used to be with one of the guys that used to dance. And, I, I like, I need them on here. You know what I mean? Like, where right. are those cats at? Anybody who was in BOP, I need you on here. Like, I want to talk about our history and our stories because it's like, you know, listening to each podcast and, and hearing where we've come from. I mean, I kind of wish I did it in a format where we start from 
old to young or young to old or something like that. But, I mean, I think it's even more interesting just to have it scrambled up because, you know, you're more likely to come and listen to an episode if you don't know the person, you just pick it. You know what I mean? Or you heard about it. Let me just go listen to that versus it being in some sort of chronological order and all of that. I mean, there's plenty of ways that I could have set this whole thing up. But sometimes when I air it, we've already we've already pre-recorded it. So it'll sound like, oh, something from the winter. And now we in the, in, in the spring. You know what I mean? And right. I, I have to say to people that it's previously recorded. So they'd be like, wait a minute. This is old, like, you know, not not realizing we pre-recorded it and stuff. So, um, but yeah, man, you guys like you, you heard what the man said. Keep dancing and make sure you're having fun in the process of it. And even though you're training, it doesn't mean that it, it's it, it can be a tumultuous uh, experience. It can actually be fun to train, you know, um, and take the time out to train. Take the time to, to go to these uh, elders classes, um, our mentors and find out, you know, just what they know, you know, and that way you can advance yourself. If you're looking for that next season to be, um, stellar, or you're looking, you know, you, you feel a shift in, in your, your life or your career and you're trying to find direction, um, especially in dance, maybe you go sit with an elder so you can sort of find that wisdom and figure out what's the next step, you know? So right. that's just my opinion on how, you know, how I would move if I was a buck out here. <laughs> 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 um, but, Xiao, you are amazing. And um, I definitely want to continue talking to you more and cultivating some other projects, perhaps, in the future. Um, I'm going to definitely keep checking in on you to see, make sure you, first, that you're good and you're healthy. Second that you uh, don't let that book fall to the waist. And uh, third, don't let the school idea fall to the waist either. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I hope that you have a, an awesome event um, evening. And um, and I can't wait to continue uh, talking to you more about uh, any possible new endeavors coming up. So Yeah, we could, uh, you know, we could work on some stuff in the future also. I'm in. You ain't got to tell me twice to work with, <laughs> to work with D-Shall. What? Man, I'm lucky. I'm blessed. Um, but y'all hear it, y'all y'all stay tuned, man. And um you were rocking with the dancers report. Hey. When I brag about the cash I got, but I'm used to not having a lot. I'm from the government. The money turned into a monster. The money turned my noodles in a pasta. The money turned my tuna in a lobster. They wanna do me, I'ma do it like a monster. I put my jewel on the feet. Miss 5678 Dances Report Podcast.